From the Internet Law and Policy Foundry, this is the Tech Policy Grind podcast. Every two weeks, we'll discuss recent developments and exciting topics in the technology and internet law and policy space. I'm Rima Musa, and I'm a member of the fourth cohort of Foundry Fellows. The Foundry is a collaborative organization for internet law and policy professionals who are passionate about disruptive innovation. This week, Foundry Fellow Emine Ozge Yildrim chatted with Catherine Stiller, CEO of Creative Commons and former EU Parliament member representing Scotland and the Labour Party. Catherine was awarded an OBE by Her Majesty the Queen in recognition of her services to politics in 2019. Emine is an active member of the Creative Commons copyright platform and holds an LLM degree from Georgetown University Law Center. She's also a scholar analyzing the intersections of digitization, political speech, and human rights as she writes her PhD dissertation at KU Leuven Center for IT and IP Law. Hello, Catherine. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode of the Tech Policy Grind podcast. Thanks, Amini. (laughs) Thank you. We are excited to discuss Creative Commons, Open Licenses, Copyleft, and all things related to open space. It's such an honor to have you here today, and this episode is also a special one for me, as I've been an active member of a Creative Commons community for a while now. Without yeah. further ado, I would like to dive in. Let's begin with a personal question. If I'm not mistaken, uh, you were a member of the European Parliament for Scotland for 20 years. Later, you served as a chief executive officer for the Open Knowledge Foundation. Now, now you are the chief executive officer of Creative Commons. I'm wondering, after years of a stellar political career, what drew you to open space? So, thank you, Amini, for inviting me on your uh, the, the podcast, and it's great to be with you this morning, um, my time. And uh, well, what drew me to open? Um, well, I think there's several things, really. Um, Firstly, you know, my background, my, my parents were teachers. My grandmother was, you know, had to leave school when she was 13, 14 to, to work because um, education. And then when, you know, someone in your family passed away, you, you, you know, you, were, you had to work and give up education. So education for me has always been an exceedingly important topic, both uh, in, in my home life and uh, and and so access to education access to learning access to knowledge has always been there maybe it wasn't specified as as open then but it was always in and around um being you know when I grew up and then um you know fast forward to my career in the European Parliament and it was there where I had the responsibility on article, what was article thirteen now article seventeen, um, in the in 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 um, in the copyright work that we were doing, and that's how I got into um, copyright because I could see more generally how do you get that balance between uh, making sure that uh, you have a fair system that's rewarding those who are creating, but also making sure that uh, that you're also improving access to knowledge access to culture i um i launched interestingly a campaign and it was called 
the an open knowledge campaign in the European Parliament to do with ebook access back that was 10, 10 years ago. That's quite extraordinary that we're still talking about those issues, you know, that we were talking about 10 years ago, they're still not resolved and showing why it's so important that organizations like Creative Commons, Internet Internet Archive, uh, Wikimedia, you know, that these organizations exist to ensure that we always have in 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 a discourse, in a debate, the importance of access to knowledge and culture by the public domain is so important and what we can do together to ensure that that public domain and that public interest is supported, protected, loved, cared for. And uh, and really, um, I think that, that, you know, the way things have panned out in terms of my own personal career, it's a, I'm, I'm so proud and honoured to be running an organisation like Creative Commons, which, you know, the, the, the kind of DNA of Creative Commons to open up knowledge and culture for everyone everywhere to ensure that uh, that public domain, that commons is enriched is such a, an honour and privilege. And, um, and I'm grateful every day to, to be part of this organisation, this movement, this network, this community, which is global, which you're part of, Amine, which is wonderful. The next generation of, of people who are involved um, to make sure that our commons is, is, is there for everyone in perpetuity. Now, that's amazing. Um, you mentioned Creative Commons, Internet Archive and Wikimedia together. But I feel like despite having a lot of volunteers in almost every country and having many local chapters, especially CC and Wikimedia, there is still some understanding or lack of knowledge regarding what Creative Commons is doing as an organization, how CC licenses work or why they matter. So yeah. if you were to explain in simple terms uh, to people who actually have no idea about it, how would you address these questions? So th those are really important questions, Amini. And I may think um, if we start to, to, with one of your parts of your question, why does CC matter? Why might CC license, you know, what's important to CC licenses? I mean, I think we, we, all, we all live in a world where copyright dominates. We might not put a name on it, but actually we live in a world where copyright dominates. I mean, a system originally designed to encourage and reward creators now just as often enriches large corporations and creators often don't see big benefits from their works having to sign them away to publishers and distributors. And so knowledge and culture remain. Uh, and even though we've got things that have been opened up, much of knowledge and culture still remains locked up. And now that we can connect to a global digital network, we should have easier access to more of the world's information instead there are often paywalls and friction everywhere. So Creative Commons, as you know, exists to support a different model for sharing knowledge and culture to provide the infrastructure, that's the legal tools, the policy, the education, the training. Um, to, and, and we have a worldwide community that empowers people to own their work, but but also to share it. And I think that's that that's you know fundamentally where the difference rests and so how do cc licenses work well we know the licenses really are, are very simple when new works are published in most countries as you know the traditional model was that they were by default an all rights reserved um, model of copyright cc licenses flip that copyright on its head and when you publish a new work you still hold the copyright but by also applying a cc license you can make a clear statement about how other people can use your work to remove friction and ambiguity 
and clear the way for your work to inspire, inform and empower others. And one often thinks of the case like of an individual author. And there are great examples where, you know, solo creators have openly licensed their works to their, you know, their works uh, to their own and the world's benefit. But maybe even more powerful examples are when people work together to create knowledge and culture together and share that collectively work open, you know, openly and can generate even greater benefits. So when you think of, think about Wikipedia, we just talked about that. I mean, now, arguably the most comprehensive, current and accurate encyclopedia ever created, entirely powered by Creative Commons licenses. That's an inc- that's when I think about that, it's 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 a wonderful, wonderful example of the power of Creative Commons. And what's more, because Wikipedia is openly licensed, countless other works build on it to do other powerful things. So we think about scientific research instead of being locked up in slow moving journal publishing processes, research outcomes and raw data can now be released immediately to the world with open licenses, ready to inform other scientists and ready to be evaluated and verified, not just by one or two peer reviewers, but by entire disciplines. So having an immediate impact, and that's again, another area where, and then you, you know, think about cultural heritage, which you know, Amini, that we've got a strong program on at Creative Commons. You know, our words, our songs, our images, our crafts, you know, are, you know, once hidden away in museums and archives, it's all now available almost anywhere, anytime, if 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 those institutions choose to to open that up. And so we have tools to help open up those museums and archives, and 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 the internet brings this all to us but open licenses empowers us to actually engage with it to hear it to see it to speak to sing and to make new works inspired by those that came before because we know that 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 knowledge is built on other knowledge and creative commons is helping us to as a society to be able to build on that knowledge to help solve pressing problems that we're facing together um, I hope that answers your questions. I mean, it's, it's a really important one and I, I've really enjoyed uh, thinking a little bit about, about, about that. Yeah, but it, it's so inspiring. Thank you. Um, and I think that people uh, have been sharing knowledge um, because of Creative Commons for 20 years now because you are celebrating your 20th year anniversary yes. uh, since, it, like, since its initial establishment by Lawrence Lessig, Carl Abelson and Eric Elder in 2001. And I'm wondering, uh, since its inception in the early days of the internet, how has the organization evolved in these 2021 years? Oh gosh, that, I mean, it's it, you know, 20 years is a marking point, and we're we're so proud of of what Creative Commons has achieved in those 20 years of fundamentally changing a copyright system. You know, firstly, it was seen to be very much a US project, and then what created a you know a, a global community created around it because copyright wasn't just a US problem it was a global problem that needed a solution and so the elegant solution of our licenses was something you know which has changed copyright from an all rights reserved system to a some rights reserved for those empowering those who want to so i mean people i think don't realize how small Creative Commons is. I think that's it's a very small team with a huge worldwide impact. And as you know, Creative Commons was first working to make an intervention 
in copyright, as I've just described, and instead has ended up building almost an, alter- an alternative world, a uh, global system where, you know, we can build and connect people um, to share knowledge, share culture, and that open sharing has been transformative. And Creative Commons, I think, has evolved, you know, not just about the case for open sharing, but but how that happens at scale, just as I've described that it started about a, 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 you know in the US and then has gone to be this global phenomenon. And you know, and so we are now you know focused on making sure you know necessary infrastructure for open sharing evolves and spreads to handle the continually changing landscape of technologies and practices as you're aware of as you're you know a, 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 a doctoral student looking at these issues. And we're focused on collaborating with our community all over the world to bring new people into this world of openness too. So I think that, you know, we 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 are very reflective at that 20 year anniversary moment. It's both a celebration, but it's also an opportunity not to rest on our laurels, but also to think about the next 20 years because the next 20 years is very different from the past 20 years. And so how do we make sure that our organization is not just um, addressing some of the key issues that we have face uh, around the, the barriers to sharing that copyright is introduced, but also thinking about those other barriers to open sharing, which we also encounter too. Yeah, that was also actually part of my next question. Oh, really? Sorry. Um, <laughs> no worries. Uh, because, uh, I mean, um, since I also had a chance to work with you uh, in the uh, copyright platforms working group on digital sharing spaces, I know that you're interested in many issues people usually do not immediately associate with copyright or licenses, you know, such as data protection, yeah. disinformation, misinformation, AI, so forth. So what direction uh, CC is moving forward under your leadership? What is the agenda for the next yeah. few years or 20 yeah. <laughs> well, as you know, um, Amini, we, we, we have a, a strategy that we, we worked collectively together and the theme that was really teased out of that was better sharing and how we can do things better in the next, well, our strategies for five years. But, but I mean, the world is not standing still and there are new challenges, new opportunities and the new huge problems that we have to solve. And, you, you, you know, whether that's the climate crisis, whether it's the pandemic, all of these are arising. And, you know, what we are seeing is to have real lasting impact. Creative Commons cannot just, you know, you know, say we published our licenses, dust our hands and, you know, dust our hands off and call it a day. That The, the world of proprietary publishing doesn't sleep either and to ensure that the alternative world of better sharing is is supported and enabled we've been you know building communities to grow and become more powerful and we need to actively engage with new technologies new policies new practices and new communities i'm really proud that we are um working on our climate campaign which is just starting and um i think that's got the potential when we look at the climate crisis about why so much information, research, data is is not 
in a shareable, it, it isn't being shared, isn't being enabled. And what we can do to help work on that problem to en- enable better sharing of that information, that research, that data to help solve one of humanity's pressing problems and engage with a new community such as um, one which maybe has not in the past looked at our community, but actually here's the tools that can help enable that information, that knowledge to be shared to solve one of our huge pressing problems. And I just use that as a small example um, where I think our impact and by working together, we can, again, show the value and the necessity of what Creative Commons is all about to help us all. So I'm really excited about our climate work. And, you know, you know, we've also got our open culture program as well, which is breaking down barriers to that sharing of knowledge in the in, in, in the kind of cultural heritage sector. So we are very fortunate to have at the moment a number of programmatic um, actions that we're taking uh, to evidence practically about the value that we have, um, because we can talk about the abstract, but actually the practical when when people have access, can share, can build on, can co-create is is uh, something which we're enabling and uh, and I'm deeply proud of that work that's going on across our world as we speak. Yeah, since you mentioned better sharing uh, as the region uh, for the next uh, years, I would like to ask you, as you are really well, very well aware, uh, many policy and legislative initiatives to yeah. regulate digital sharing spaces and to yeah. modernize copyright regimes are coming from different regions around the world. And perhaps uh, with the influence of the European Union's ambitious agenda on having a permanent place in the digital world. So how do you think uh, these initiatives have an impact on CC licenses, public domain and better sharing online? So, I mean, part, part of our focus at Creative Commons, you know, going forward is to really stay engaged where policy is changing, not just in the US or in Europe, but worldwide. And we have to engage continually because our licenses are living works that need to be stewarded to be relevant and because our voice and your voice needs to be part of, of, of new policy. And so... One of Creative Commons' most essential endeavours is to educate people, not just you know policymakers and politicians, but but everyone uh, about the advantages of the open path that that we see as 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 one that is in the public interest, promoting the public domain and supporting the commons. So, when we think about the opposite, the closed proprietary mi- mindset is you know is not resting passively we see the power of that um those that advocate for the proprietary and for closed systems and so they're you know they um they're actively engaged to shape the future to their advantage and without the constant vigilance and engagement of the creative commons community and 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 our network and our advocates, you know the great gains we've already made 
um, could potentially be lost if we are not there talking about the importance of open and and better sharing. Um, so I think that even after 20 years of the successes that we have gained, we, as I say, do not let rest on our laurels that we are important voices to be heard in order that the public interest is served um, against sometimes very much um, those who do not have the public interest as their main uh, endeavour and priority. Um, and I think coming from my previous background as a policymaker for 20 years, there's also, I think, for the next 20 years for the open movement, and that's something where um, we're being involved in a very nascent, better internet campaign about how those of us that, that share this public interest, that share the importance of public interest technology, and we see a raft of regulation that's coming, well, has come, is, is, is about to be implemented, particularly at the EU level, where public interest technology, human interest, some people call it human interest technology, is seen to be a real alternative to those interests of, of big tech. And I think that there's something there for Creative Commons to play in terms of how, how our public interest technology is being um, applied, how we are serving our community for the future, and how we're opening up more culture, more knowledge to solve these pressing problems that we're all facing together globally. And you know, never you know, at this particular moment, um, the relevance of Creative Commons and the importance of public interest technology is one where I think both the political and civic society are really um, at one with what we want to do, but it's how you do it. <laughs> and uh, and that's where I think we're going to see the challenges um, in the next 5, 10, 20 years, because we want to shape a society that's one where we understand what is happening with algorithms, that we are holding decision-making to account. And this is what you, the work you've been doing, Amini, on platform liability, when we've got obtuse algorithms making decisions on content that's actually legal and then not being allowed to be heard online because an algorithm decides that this is not um, to be and yet there's no accountability no responsibility um you know to to ensuring that we um that we have the the ability uh, of, of you know this is this is more free speech argument but it's but it's you know I often hear that phrase what is illegal off on offline should be illegal online well the same applies what is legal offline should be legal online and when it comes to free speech this is really important that we have that ability to be able to not um uh, not have uh, in, an algorithm determining when uh, you know whether it's a parody or a comedy that they can't tell the difference between what is what is legal. What you know, it's just the world that we're existing in is one where there are so many challenges where Creative Commons can play a part in in in, in talking about those issues. And the fantastic work you have done on platform liability has been a real testament to that collective working together globally in your working group that you've you know you've seen that. 
Oh, thank you. Well, um, since you mentioned um, uh, removing lawful content, uh, especially with algorithms, I'm wondering, as a po former policymaker, do you think that policymakers, some of them, not all of them, of course, might still have a knowledge gap, or do you think uh, it's more of a neglectful approach regarding the open space uh, when they are actually drafting some legislation like the CBSM Directive, Article 17, and other uh, like proposals, le uh, regulations coming up? I think, um, and I, I appreciate sometimes it's easy to say all policymakers are like this. Well, I, I wouldn't be sitting talking to you if, if we all were. Um, but there's something, and it plays to the fact there is still a role to give a different point of view about public interest technology and uh, well about against proprietary you know interests. I think for some policymakers. You know, this space is is an ever evolving, ever changing, and it's our responsibility, I believe, collectively as a kind of, as an open movement, to be able to work more closely together to put across our arguments, and we need to be there putting across our arguments. And if we're not there, we are not heard. And something was quite striking to me in the copyright debates from what twenty fourteen to when I left the parliament in twenty nineteen was that civil society's voice uh, and although there were some really good organizations really working hard to put that voice across it it you know it was very hard to to do that when you're up against a huge lobby with huge resources and I'd worked earlier in my political career against the tobacco industry and I you know and that was in we 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 got a lot of success um in changing the law around and around um, tobacco and and its use and and the regulation around that, but I'd never seen anything you know, that I thought that was quite a hard lobby. When you come into this, you know, rights holders lobby, it's 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 quite something when you are at the other side of that and having to deal with that and the tactics of that were something also that I, you know, ha having first-hand experience of those tactics, um, were, it's, it's quite, re um, it was quite revealing that, um, that, the, that in, certainly in those debates, there was, there, was, the, there was either this perspective or that perspective. There was very little, and we know that there's complexity within all of this space of how we regulate, how we future-proof. So on policymakers, I think that there's our job of work, working together across this broad open movement to put across our perspectives is so important that we work collectively together because that is what the those who do not share our position do and, and they are very effective at getting their message across and we have to be as effective at getting our message across as well. And there are many policymakers who are very open to our arguments about the public interest, about how we grow the commons, the importance of access to knowledge and culture that, that, that share our views. And we have to almost work with them. And, and, and perhaps, you know, <laughs> because we're a global organisation, there are people in all policymakers in many different countries that really should be more connected. <laughs> 
when 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 having and sharing and knowing that um that the public interest is best served when we can uh share information to be able to solve our pressing problems, whether it's climate change, whether it's the with what we face with the pandemic, whether it's about, you know, open education, whatever the issue may be, we have a role to play in sharing why these things are important, the no knowledge is built alone, the power of the of, of, of what we can do online to be able to solve some of our pressing problems. And we have to be able to articulate that, work together and promote that across not just in our own countries, but globally about why that matters. And sometimes, I mean, you, you look at this these the regulation that's coming, say, from from the EU and you know many other countries and and you look at it and you think we need global rules on some of these issues, and the the challenge over the next twenty years is how 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 if if at all can we can we create some of those global rules which 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 are in all our interest to be able to solve because uh, to have in order to solve some of these pressing problems because if we don't have those we will will be we're not as powerful if we don't work together and so and that's the challenge how do you coalesce around a set of 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 issues of of the magnitude we're talking about um that can can help humanity and serve the public interest many challenges amina but 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 i, I think I that, hear that. <laughs> yeah but but i think together right you know we need we we need we need to think about those challenges because they're not going away and you know, as I said, I mean, Creative Commons is a very, very small. I mean, there's only twenty of us at Creative Commons who are trying to, in terms of staff, we have a community that it, and, and a network which is um, which have people across every well, not ev- not every single country, but a huge number of countries who are all working yeah. away in these issues, who understand what's happening at a local level, who want to see that difference, see that change. So it's that power of our network and our community working together, as well as thinking about those broader open organisations. And many, as you know, activists in our our um, community are active in other open communities as well. Bringing that together, that power to be able to make change is really important in the environment we exist in today. Yeah, so in, in that sense, uh, working together to create global rules and to be able to advocate for open space, what would you recommend to early career professionals like me to do to make the digital world a better place with more open knowledge, open culture and open mindset? So what should we advocate for? What skills should we gain? So I think something I keep coming back to is, you know, be and stay curious because the people I meet in our in our network and community are passionate, are interested and want to and want to to see change. I think we've also, you know, I think we've also should shift to a mindset of of letting go rather than holding on. And I think this is important because so many of the best things in life come from when we stop holding things tight and let go to connect with others. So it's true with basic things like food is also true that what we can create together. And I think there's something there about how, how we can shape the future by not, we can't repeat what happened in the past and that's not going to happen and being prepared for what we can do in the next 10 and 20 years um, to shape that open world that we want to see and grow our commons 
and serve the public interest and show that there are different ways to do things than what has been traditionally been there. We've changed the, the all rights reserve copyright regime to a some rights copyright regime. We maybe haven't changed the 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 law and the way we thought copyright law across our world would be changing. And you know this, Amelia, you see this in your in your in your academic work. And so the elegance of the licenses we created to solve a problem that then could be, that, that then has gone, you know, global as maybe was, you know, something, you know, what we've done in the past, what we do in the future, how we steward the licenses, how we support the public domain, how we build uh, on our public interest technology and talking about the importance of what this means to solving pressing problems that the world faces together is so important. But you said about, you know, I think, you know, for, for early career professionals like yourself, it, you know, you've got involved in our platform work. You've got involved in our summit work. You've got involved in, and that's something as well, where those that share these interests, you know, this is an open community. People can come and join our platform, come and jo- you know, join the network, come and be part of what we're trying to do that in that feeling of being you know open open not just in words but in actually how we include um people that want to be involved is just is really important too and i think you your your experience i hope has been a good one of uh, being oh, part no, it's of our been great. oh i'm so pleased i'm just you know it's been great getting to know you i mean it but that it's also good Thanks. for 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 people like myself who are a different generation you know, like I think that's it really important that we need to 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 have a new generation like yourself who are coming through, who understand these issues, but are also bringing that perspective of th- the world is different from what it was when the internet was first created, or that you know, or or where these you know these organisations that advocate for open, like Creative Commons, were created that twenty years ago, and it's interesting that that twenty years ago marker. There's a proliferate. I mean, Wikimedia, you know, the Internet Archive was 25 years old recently. There's a, and, and, you know, what was it? EFF was 30. You know, there's a lot of organisations that are in this kind of sphere who all were created around about the same time. And now, today, it's it's different than it was on those days. So so it's just great to, to ensure that the work goes on and the work will go on through people like yourself who are you know, the advocates for 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 a public interest, um, a, 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 a putting public interest at the heart of what we're trying to do with technology, not just now, but in the future. And how do we ensure that that public interest builds on a thriving commons, a healthy public domain, and ensuring that knowledge and culture uh, can be accessed for everyone everywhere so that knowledge can be built on knowledge and so that we are also addressing issues around equity in terms of access to knowledge because to me that is as I said about my my grandmother leaving school you know kind of not having an education but but relying on her public library to get information relying on those because you can afford books to be able to access knowledge in a way which she could access knowledge and therefore she was one of the most educated people I have ever known in my whole life and so what is it about at the moment we need to do something to ensure that access to knowledge and culture 
is seen in a prism, not just about where we're saying about better shape, but also about our democracy uh, as a whole, because we need to have access to knowledge and information and culture, not just for the joy of some of that, but also to hold power to account and to ensure our our democracies are fit and healthy for your future and our future, because so much of what we're doing is linked into how we see ourselves in terms of the world that we're existing within. So um, I'm so pleased that you're part of our movement, Amine, and I'm so pleased that there are others joining you. And we need to keep that, that healthy, that healthy advocacy community and also keeping these issues on, on the agenda ensuring that our voice is heard and that we can influence and show impact and prove that this type of sharing is to the benefit of us all. Well, uh, first of all, uh, I would like to uh, tell our listeners that Creative Commons is like a very friendly environment if you ever want to get involved, but we will talk about that a bit later as well. But also what you mentioned about access to knowledge i feel like we are taking that granted uh yeah in general in as a society and many of us we actually don't uh, seem to care or understand the depth of it so actually i have a controversial question about that oh yeah go for it go for it (laughs) of course (laughs) i'm wondering in a dystopian world where we don't have any tools or mechanisms for better sharing. What do you think would happen to society and fundamental rights? Because it's a bit of a pessimistic approach, but I feel like people should know the depth of not being able to share or access knowledge. Well, sadly, I mean, we can already see what that dystopian world looks like. And it's a world where fewer people have have less access to knowledge, education and culture and a world where information disorder shapes our politics, our identities and our destinies. And instead, you know, we can continue to build a better world and and, and where we are working together to create and share the knowledge we need to solve the huge problems we face and the culture we must have to live rich, meaningful lives. And so, you know, we, we know that, that less access to knowledge is not a healthy part of, of the democracies we want to, well, you know, at the moment, you know, the world that we're living in is showing the difference between what, you know, a democracy is and what, and, 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 and with the war, sad, the tragic war in Ukraine, we can see what the, you know, the differences in terms of, um, and this has been interesting in terms of that whole misinformation, disinformation, um, and and um, debate that has been 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 going on, so we need to make sure that we don't go down a dystopic future where access to knowledge is 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 is, is limited. We must make sure that we keep that first front and foremost of you know why working together and sharing knowledge to solve our pressing problems and our huge problems of humanity, like the climate crisis, is important that we work together. But uh, I always like a good pessimistic question to kind of try and think through what, you know, what is the, what, 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 what is 
the open alternative and the open alternative is one which I think is 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 important uh, to as all as humanity to be able to live a more joyful and and also like to to live a life that is um where you can fulfill your potential where you have you have um a quality of life that enhances your um you know that enhances, enhances who you are what you're doing and ensures that uh, you have that access to knowledge and culture which is part of what life is living's all all about um there's something quite fundamental when you think about culture and 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 how you know how during the pandemic we couldn't access a museum we couldn't access it. your teachers were struggling with materials and we see that you know if if we open up collections if we open up education materials so it can be shared and used that we all benefit particularly during the crisis that, that one you know we're still not through the pandemic you know we still are living with this thing but uh, we really need more open sharing uh, and promote what that means in terms of open culture open knowledge our what it means for us as humanity working together and how better sharing really is the future for our for 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 us all yeah i mean i always like to ask pessimistic and optimistic questions as That's an academic good. because i i feel <laughs> like you should see the both sides to understand the no, external it's, things and, no, it's true, and and, and we're, we're we're in we're in a. I mean, the world that we're existing in today, you know, is a, is a very you know when I is it it's it's a challenging one where yeah we 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 need to have the tools the open tools of how we share culture how we share knowledge, particularly at that you know when you're thinking about academic research. And thinking mm-hmm. about how that is shared and how that is used, particularly as a lot of academic research is funded by the taxpayer, and 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 should be openly accessible, and 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 many, many of it. But there's something about um, the the global nature of how we exist, the global problems that exist that need that global sharing to be able to solve, that the challenges that we see now around open democracy, where actually I think open, I think cultural sharing and open is central to our open democracies because of that information sharing, access to knowledge, citizen participation, and how we can connect some of those arguments together when we've got the challenges around data, challenges around AI, the, the, the debates around Web three, whatever you think about those debates, they are there, um, and the way our world is constantly changing and technology is constantly changing. But how do we, as those interests in serving the public, public interest and public interest technology, how can we work together more closely? And this is where some of our better internet work is is happening. But how can we ensure that uh, the gains that we have made? in the past 20 years can be built upon and thrive in the next 20 years uh, 
whilst the the debates of those who do not share our perspective about sharing who want proprietary systems, how do we ensure that we are that counter argument? Because those arguments do not go away. They are still there and we have a responsibility to put across why open sharing of culture and knowledge benefits society, benefits us all and benefits our democracies. Well, after our conversation, I'm sure many of our listeners will be very curious about these issues and they would like to discover <laughs> more about CT's work. Oh, so great. <laughs> I'm wondering if there are any opportunities, channels and avenues our listeners can engage in to follow up on CC's work and perhaps perhaps contribute to discussion? How can they get involved in and do more? Well, it would be lovely. I mean, start by subscribing to our newsletter, which is a, is a, is a buffet of interesting stories from across the landscape of Creative Commons and our uh, community network. And from there, you'll find many ways to engage more deeply that match your interests. And so, you know, as we were speaking about, Amina, you've been involved in the Copyright Working Group and I think that, you know, the Copyright Platform. And I think that's yeah. been really a great opportunity for those who are interested to dig more deeply. But also, you know, the speakers that have been coming to the, the Copyright um, Platform have been just phenomenal and, 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 and really playing to that issue that this is a global issue copyright reform um and so hearing from some of those experts who are coming you know from from different countries but sometimes it's the same issues that we're dealing with and grappling with and how we can work more closely together to share the you know how maybe we've dealt with it in a different place and how we can support one another i think is 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 it's been really helpful and um and we've got um as you know other uh, working groups and platforms where people can join and, and help people can join our network. We've got our um, summit coming up next year. We're not having a summit this year, but we're having hopefully fingers, toes crossed, an in-person summit if it if it will allow us to, which will be wonderful. We've had um, virtual summits for the past two years. And so it's wonderful that we could come together because that personal connection, I think we're all missing that. And it rules you know let's let's fingers toes crossed that this will all be uh, possible but again that's another way people can get involved is um, coming to summit presenting at summit and um, also we've got our open minds podcast that people can tune into and listen to with a variety of fascinating speakers um, who are doing some fascinating work uh, in the open space um, and changing minds mindset systems with the work that they're doing so encourage any of your listeners who are listening to the podcast if you're curious about this world please come and get involved and there are multiple ways that you can do that but the first one is sign up to our newsletter well that's awesome uh we'll make sure to include the links links in the description of this episode but i think they can also um sign up to their local chapters as well right if they want to get involved well. yeah yeah. At, the, at, at, at a more local level as well absolutely mm. too and there's some wonderful yeah. as you know chapters um that we have i think now the numbers that was it 40 chapters we have globally at the moment and um i think i think our you know we we just we're, we're, we're you know it's just amazing you know when when you know someone from you know 
Korea, South Korea gets in touch about a, a conference and then someone in Brazil is working in cultural heritage and someone in Indonesia is doing a project with it's it's phenomenal what you're seeing and what we're experiencing a day-to-day level of that 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 interest excitement curiosity about what open sharing can do and why building a knowledge and culture is so important to build more knowledge but also to ensure that the public interest is best served so it's it's uh, it's uh, every day we 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 share something every day and it's uh, it's wonderful to see the impact of creative commons globally on a day-to-day basis yeah i'm also very moved by the diversity uh the diverse people i had the chance to meet to chat with um so i'm grateful for that opportunity as well and on that note, uh, I would like to conclude our sixth episode of the Tech Policy Grind podcast. Thank you so much, Catherine, for joining us today. Oh, thank you. And be sure to check out Creative Commons website and social media channels to learn more about their initiatives and events. And we will also include the links below. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Tech Policy Grind podcast by the Internet Law and Policy Foundry. Be sure to check out the Foundry on LinkedIn and Twitter. And if you enjoyed this episode, leave us a review and give us a five-star rating. Really helps out the show. If you're interested in supporting the show, reach out to us at foundrypodcasts at ilpfoundry.us. You can find our email in the show notes as well. The Tech Policy Grind podcast comes out every other Thursday. See you next time.